Amen. Good morning. Everybody doing okay? Oh, come on. Is everyone doing all right today? Hey, didn't that praise team just knock it out of the park today? I mean, I mean, if, if it didn't light a fire in you, your wood's wet. And, um, but they did an awesome, awesome job. Thank you for ushering us into the presence of the Lord. And um, Laura, you were at another level today. Thank you so much. And um, we just give God all the praise and all the glory. Amen. That's okay. Let her know you appreciate her, the whole team. Amen. Well, Happy New Year if I haven't had a chance to tell you that. This is your first time this year here. Happy New Year. And uh, we're just expecting God to do some great and mighty things this year. You know, expectation is a big deal, right? It's linked to your faith, and you got to expect and believe that God's going to do some awesome things this year. And I'm believing that to be true. But there has to be a foundation in which we start on. There has to be a foundation in which we build upon. And I personally feel like that foundation is prayer. I think everything falls into line. I think everything is built off of that foundation of prayer. So as we begin a new year, as we launch into a new year, I want us to start off with an attitude. I want us to start off with um, a, a way of prayer. And so um, if you were on our Facebook page this morning or on our website, lpcmentor.com, this uh, prayer guide is there. It's going to be there for 30 days. If you can put that up there uh, for a moment for me, please. This is the um, prayer guide link. And uh, it's going to be up for 30 days. This is the first day of our prayer. And it's the first day of uh, our fasting. Now listen, so you don't get confused about this. Every year we start the year with fasting. Typically it's 21 days. Um, a lot of us do a Daniel fast, and the easiest way to explain the Daniel fast is to eliminate, <clears throat> excuse me, all the sweets, the meats, the caffeine, all the good stuff for some of us, and um, focus on fruits and vegetables, anything you can pull out of a garden. So some of us do that. Some of us are fasting um, um, our phones or whatever means of communication we use a lot to just surf the web or whatever. We're fasting those areas. But I want you to pick something that you're going to fast. Now, when you fast, you replace that, what you normally do, with focusing on God, giving your attention to Him and your time to Him. So it's not just going without certain food. It's disciplining your body to do that, but it's also disciplining your heart, your spirit, to stay in tune with God, amen, is to draw you closer to the Lord. So we're going to do that for 21 days, but we're going to pray for the next 30 days. And we have a prayer guide. Again, it'll be on our Facebook page every morning, our website. And these are declarations. These are things you need to stay out, say out loud, things that you need to proclaim. And then there's a prayer focus every day for the next 30 days. Corporately, I want us all on the same page, saying the same thing, moving in the same direction. I mean, no, there's power behind that. There's power in that. And then this Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here, 
we are going to have a prayer service this Wednesday, 7 p.m., prayer service. Going to spend time worshiping the Lord. We're going to spend time in prayer declarations. We're going to spend time seeking the Lord. And um, so I really want you to clear your calendar. I want you to clear whatever's going on, and I want you to make an effort to be here. I want you to make an effort to be a part of this prayer service. It's, it's important as we move into 2023. Amen? Now, I don't ask a lot when it comes to these kinds of things, but I'm asking that we as a church would come together for the next 30 days and let's begin to pray and seek the face of God. Amen? So I'm going to start a series this morning on the pathway to prayer. The pathway to prayer. I believe there is a pathway that God has created for us that will allow us to get close to Him, maybe to renew a spirit of prayer within us, or maybe to ignite a desire to pray within us. And so back in August of this past year, we were in the, um, I was actually in the conference room and this is what I heard in my spirit. I, um, I heard pathway to prayer. That's all I heard was pathway to prayer. And so I got up and I went over to the whiteboard and I just wrote it down, pathway to prayer. I left it there. And uh, that was back in August. And I would revisit just that thought, pathway to prayer, pathway to prayer. Lord, what are you saying? What are you, what are you wanting from us? And I really do believe that it's for this year. And I really do believe it's for this time. And so just as searching and looking, trying to find and discover, there's all kinds of models of prayer in your Bible. Uh, most familiar is the Lord's Prayer. There's a model that you can follow in the Lord's Prayer. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're going to do a foundations class on the Lord's Prayer coming up soon. But I just felt like there was something that, 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 was not necessarily hidden, but you had to dig it out to find it. And uh, I, I really feel like there is a pathway to prayer found in Moses' tabernacle. I believe it's there. And so that's where I want to start. So I want you to look at Exodus chapter 25 with me. Exodus chapter 25. And I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. Now, just to set this up a little bit, God speaks to Moses and tells Moses to call his people to bring an offering to the Lord. That's the first seven verses. To bring an offering to the Lord to build a sanctuary, a tabernacle. And so this is verse 8, and it says, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You and I both know today that we are that sanctuary. We are that tabernacle. God dwells or desires to dwell and live in each and every one of us. God says, I want to, I want to live, I want to dwell with you. He says, you must build this tabernacle and its furnishings, its furnishings. Listen to this. Exactly. Don't deviate from what I'm about to share with you. 
according to the pattern. So that tells me there is a pattern to the things of God. God is a God of order. So there is a pattern. There is a pattern to worship. There is a pattern to praise. There is a pattern to prayer. And he says, I want you to build this according to the pattern that I will show you. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is present with us today. It's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. And everyone said amen. So, if you look at this tabernacle, excuse me, of furniture in the tabernacle, two pieces in the courtyard, three pieces in the holy place, which we will get to, and then two pieces of furniture in the most holy place. This is a progression of approaching God. It's, It's outlined in the tabernacle of Moses. And so seven is the number, it's God's perfect number, It's the number of completion. It is the number of perfection. It is the number of fulfillment. And so the priests were not permitted to bypass any furniture. There was an order to the furniture. There was a layout to the furniture. Every piece of furniture to this tabernacle had a purpose. Every piece of furniture in this tabernacle still today has a spiritual significance to you and I, every piece of it. Within the tabernacle, you will discover the cross of Calvary. We'll get to that in this series. Within this tabernacle, you will discover the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Within this tabernacle, you will discover water baptism. It's all outlined. It's all here. Within this tabernacle, you will discover the infilling or the filling of the Holy Spirit. If you and I decide to follow this pattern, this tabernacle pattern of prayer, I can guarantee you one thing. I can guarantee you it will create a powerful prayer life for you. I can guarantee that. If you follow this pattern you will see and begin to experience results in your prayer life. So when you come to the tabernacle, the first thing, got my little pointer here, so if there's any cats in the house today, I'm going to drive them crazy. The first thing you're going to see is this gate. Everyone see this gate right here? This was the gate. It was called the gate. If you notice, it is the only entry point into the tabernacle. It's the only place where you could enter the tabernacle. And so the first thing that you did when you came to the tabernacle is you walked through the gate. The gate was located at the east end of the tabernacle. Now, just just pull some things. Allow me just to uh, speak a few things here. And the gate is at the east end of the tabernacle. The sun rises In the east, not a trick question, it rises in the east, right? So we enter through the risen Savior. So when you come to prayer, you come to God 
through and by Jesus. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. He is your entryway into God. He is our gate to the presence of God. Amen? Now, Jesus is the gate. He's the only way to God. He's not the way. He is, or he's not a way. He is the way to God. God has always had just one way to him. Just one way. Not many ways, but one way. And that is through Jesus, his son. Now, if you notice on the gate, there are four different colors to the gate. There is purple. Purple speaks of royalty. This is the gospel of Matthew because when Matthew introduces Jesus, he introduces him as the king of the Jews, God with us. You'll notice upon the gate there is scarlet. Scarlet is, speaks of the sacrificial sacrifice of a suffering savior. Mark, the gospel of Mark introduces him as our sacrificial suffering savior. So we're getting to see the gospel as soon as we come through the gate. You'll see white on this gate. White speaks of purity. And Luke's gospel speaks of the purity in which our Savior was born. A virgin shall conceive and give birth to a Savior. And then you see the blue on this gate. Blue speaks of uh, his heavenly origin. John's gospel talks about he came from heaven. So, so right at the gate, we see the Gospels. Right at the gate, we understand that Jesus is the only way to the Father. This is how we come to him in our times of prayer. But then the Bible teaches us how we walk through our inner gate, right? The Bible tells us what? Psalm chapter, or, yeah, Psalms 4, Psalm 1, Spirit of Maurice is getting on me. Psalms 1, Psalms 100 verse 4. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> How do I enter God's gates? With thanksgiving. Now, this is also the approach to, uh, to praise and worship. We, we, what we just went through was not just a preliminary, preliminary thing to get us to this point. It has a purpose. It has a meaning. You cannot get to the laver. Let me get my little pointer back out, which is right here. See that little piece of, we'll talk about that, not this week. But you cannot get to the laver without going first through the gate of thanksgiving and, and praise. That laver represents the word. I'll talk more about that next week. So when you come to God in prayer, you don't start with your grocery list. You don't run in with a grocery list and say, okay, God, here's what I need. You enter with thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, uh, Philippians 4, 6 tells us that with thanksgiving, what? Let your request be made known to God. So what is thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is simply acknowledging the goodness of God. That's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is, is thanking God for what he has already done in your life. So 
as you start your prayer journey, your prayer path, you, you start by thanking him. Father, I thank you for waking me up this morning. Father, I thank you that I woke up today in a warm house. Father, I thank you that you have given me the strength for this day. Father, I thank you that you have given me another day to serve you and to honor you. Father, I thank you for all of your goodness and all of your mercy. How many of you know we have so much to be thankful for today? It shouldn't be hard for us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I mean, we take things for granted. I do too. And it's, it's, be, it's as simple as walking into a room and flipping on a light switch. And that light coming on. Father, I thank you that you have provided for us. Right? And so here's what I do, and maybe you want to do this. Write this down. Take the two-by-four approach when it comes to Thanksgiving. Two-by-four approach when it comes to Thanksgiving. What does that mean? Well, start by thanking God for two people, two people in your life. That may be your parents. It may be your grandparents. It may be your children. It's, it's going to be different all the time, right? It might be a teacher. It may be a mentor. But just start by thanking God for people that he's placed within your life. And then here's the four, the two by four, and then begin to just thank God for four things, right? Simply, I mean, we can find four things to be thankful for every day, right? So start with two people that you're thankful for and four things that you are thankful for, amen? And when you do that, acknowledge that and acknowledge them out loud. I want to, I, there's a reason I just said that. Out loud. Because prayer is spoken, it is not thought. Prayer is spoken, it is not thought. God understands every thought, right? We can meditate on the Lord, but we're not talking about meditation right now. We're talking about prayer. And so prayer is spoken. Think about it this way. How do you communicate with others? You communicate by words, not thought, unless you've been married a certain time. And you know what they're thinking, right? But your, your conversation is the result of words spoken. So that's prayer. Prayer is not a monologue, but it is a dialogue between you and God. And so you have to speak, you have to say, you have to communicate. The Bible doesn't say life and death are in the power of your thought. The Bible says life and death are in the power of your tongue, what you say. Jesus said this in Luke eleven two, 2, speaking about prayer. He said to them, his disciples, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, he says, if you have a situation in your life, if you have a hindrance, if you have some obstacle, something in your life that you want to move, he said, speak to that mountain. He didn't say, think about that mountain. He said, speak to that mountain. As a matter of fact, within that story, he's five different times, he tells us to say something. He tells us to speak. 
And so when you pray, you say. So you have to develop this, this <laughs> thought, thought, say, pray, that I'm going to speak these things out loud. That's why you need a place to pray. You need a private place that you have designated, because didn't Jesus tell his disciples that? He said, close the door, find a place so that you can pray to your father in secret. Because you don't want to be around a, a, a lot of people. Now, I understand there's corporate prayer. I understand that. But I'm talking about developing our prayer life. You want to find a place where it's just you and God, and you can have that communication and that talk with God. Everyone say, say. So you have to say it, amen? So you, you start with thanksgiving. All right, we're going to progress through this. And then he says this, you go into his courts with what? Praise. This is what it says, Psalm 100 and verse 4. Got it out the very first time this time. Give thanks to him and what? Praise his name. So notice there's thanksgiving and there's praise. They're mentioned separately. They are not the same. Thanksgiving is not the same as praise. So I was just giving you some examples of thanksgiving, right? What I'm thankful for. Who is the beneficiary of those things? We are. Father, I thank you for whatever you have blessed me with, right? So when I thank God, it's because of something I am appreciative of, something that he has blessed me with, right? So where's the focus? The focus of thanksgiving is on the blessing that he has bestowed upon us, right? Praise, here's the difference, praise focuses on the character and the nature of God. That's praise. It focuses on who God is. And so when you get to this place, if you can get through Thanksgiving, you'll come to the place of praise. It becomes a little more challenging. And the reason that it becomes a little more challenging here is because you're dealing with feelings. Now we're progressing. We want to get, we want to, get to the Holy of Holies. We want to get beyond the veil back here. We're going to unveil this in the weeks to come. But there is a, progress, a progression, there is a pattern to get into that glory realm of God. All right? And so the further you go, the more obstacles you're going to confront. And you're going to have to overcome. But you can do it, amen? And you will do it. So you're going to have to confront feelings when it comes to your praise because you don't always feel like praising God. Just like this morning, as high as the praise was in this room today where the Spirit of God was moving, there were some folks within us and maybe some watching online today that just didn't feel like praising God. Well, this is where you have to move past your feelings, all right? So there are people that deal with feelings of shame, feelings of guilt, uh, unworthiness. Those things you're going to have to deal with in order to develop a strong, healthy prayer life. A lot of people deal with feelings of discouragement. 
A lot of people deal with feelings where, you're, where you are wrestling with depression, and I want to zero in on this point right here. It is normal for us to feel down on occasions. That's normal. The blues and the blahs come and go, all right? Depression, though, takes on a spiritual quality when it becomes heavy upon our hearts, a spirit of depression. Now, I'm still talking about prayer, so just stay with me because we have to break through this realm. Praise is required in order to break the cycle of depression. Praise is required for that. Praise is a deliberate act in which I choose to behave in a way that is counter to my emotional state. I choose to behave in a way that is counter to my emotional state. So praise in prayer is not an act of emotion, but it is an act of discipline. Discipline, right? I have to discipline myself to do this. Sometimes you look at someone and you're like, that person's just emotional. Well, sometimes, yeah. But I would counter that and say they're disciplined when it comes to their praise. Because they're going to press through whatever feelings that they have, and they're going to honor their father, and they're going to honor God. And so it becomes an act of discipline on our parts. This is why the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise. So whatever emotion that you're dealing with as you're coming into the presence of God that is causing resistance in your praise, that emotion has to die. Sacrifice of praise. So I may not feel like praising God, but I sacrifice. I discipline myself to praise him. How do I do that? Now, this is going to help some of us with our prayer life because it's hard to pray when you're discouraged. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's hard to pray when you don't feel worthy. It's hard to pray when you're carrying guilt and shame in your life. It's hard to pray when a spirit of depression is upon you. But watch how David tells us how that we can come out from underneath a spirit of discouragement and a spirit of depression and enter into a place of pray, uh, enter into a place of praise so that we can get our prayers through. Listen to what he says in Psalms 42 and 5. Why? David's wrestling now. He said, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Why am I so discouraged? Why do I feel such despair? Why do I feel this heaviness of depression upon me? Then he says this, put your hope in God. And he says, for I will yet... Well, we're going to be here till 1130 today. <laughs> Let's try that again. Here's your cue. When I go like that, you're talking back to me. For I will yet, oh, there you go. I will yet praise him. So you know what your soul is, right? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
David tells us right here in this particular psalm, he said, I was restless. He said, there was a storm raging within my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. He said, I was cast down. The phrase cast down or downcast here is affiliated with sheep. Now, we know David was a shepherd who took care of his father's sheep. David uses the term cast down, meaning there was sheep that were down that couldn't get back up. It was, a, it was known as a cast down condition. And a cast down condition would occur when the sheep would overeat and they would get bloated. Anybody know what sheep feel like today? We just came through the holidays. They would overeat, they would get bloated, and they would just fall down. They were too heavy, they couldn't get back up. How many help I've fallen and I cannot get back up? This Daniel fast is going to help us this, right? But it, for us, it would signify the cares of the world just coming upon us and weighing us down. For some of you are right now, the cares of the world are weighing you down, and you feel like you can't get back up. Another thing would happen is the wool would get wet because of the rain or the heavy dew, and it would cause them to fall and not be able to get back on their feet. And when sheep are cast down, they begin to panic, and fear grips them to the point that if someone doesn't come along and get them back up, many times they die right there on the spot of heart failure. So the shepherd, whenever he would see one of the sheep that were downcast, he would go and he would help get them up. See, that's what the word of God does today. God's getting us back up. God's getting us back on our feet. And I just feel prophetic right now, so I'm just going to say it. Some of you are downcast. And God wants you back up on your feet. Amen? God says right from the start of this year, you're going to get back on your feet. So David just simply tells us, he tells us here that there are times when you will be downcast. Fear gripped him. He's down emotionally. He said, I don't have the energy to get back up. Anyone ever been there? Just mentally, emotionally, I just don't have the energy to get back up. He said, I feel immobilized. He said, I feel hopeless. I feel like I'm going to die. That's what he's describing to us in Psalm 42. That's pretty heavy. But what then is the alternative that we have to being cast down? I'm so glad that David didn't stop there at that scripture. Listen to what he says. Go back to verse 5 of, of Psalm 42. He said what? Put your hope where? In God. Then he says what? For yet I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So if you are downcast, you have to put your hope in God and let your hope be expressed through praise. My hope in God will be expressed through my praise, acknowledging who he is. Notice he didn't say, my soul is cast down and that's just how it is and that's how it's going to be. Notice he didn't say, there's nothing I can do about it. This is my lot, this is my condition in life. 
He did not surrender his feelings to spiritual discouragement or depression. Instead, he challenged those feelings and brought them before God. So when you have those feelings, and you will, you bring them before God. And you bring them before God in prayer. And then you turn that around by beginning to praise God for who he is. Yet my hope is in God. What am I hoping for? He's going to come through again. He came through back then. He'll come through today. What he did then, he'll do again. If God delivered me over there, he'll deliver me here. If God provided for me back then, he'll provide for me today. If God healed me back then, God will heal me today. Day. If God, God saved my children, he'll save whoever else needs to be saved. Yet will I hope in him. Come on and give him some praise right now. What's David doing? David is exchanging the spirit of heaviness, as Isaiah says, for a garment of praise. Some of you need a wardrobe change. Because you have covered yourself, blanketed yourself, walk in a garment of discouragement and despair. And then it leads to depression. You got to cast that off. And you cast that off through praise. I know you don't feel like it, but it's not based upon your feelings. It's based upon who he is. Is he worthy this morning? Come on, church. Is he worthy this morning? It's based upon the character of God. So my question then to you would be, do you have a yet praise in you? Car still not working, but do you have a yet praise in you? Money's still acting funny and my change is still strange, but do you have a yet praise in you? I'm not where I need to be. Not where I want to be, but do you still have a yet praise in you? I didn't get the job. I didn't get the promotion. But do you still have a yet praise in you? Come on, it's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. I'm not where I thought I was going to be. But do you still have a yet praise in you? You got to get through that gate. If you're going to move into the presence of God, you can't come with all of this heaviness and depression and despair. And the way you get it off is to praise your way out of it. Amen. I know some of you are looking at me funny and you're thinking, Pastor, you don't know. I may not know, but the Bible knows and God knows and the spirit of depression and heaviness can be broken off of you if you can just get a yet praise operating in your life. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. I curse that clock in the name of Jesus. All right, this is the introduction. I'm sorry. I can't even get to our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. But the first line, the first line of the Lord's prayer is everything I just talked about. Think about it for a minute. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Where's the focus on? It's on him, our father. It's on him. Where is he? Seated in heaven. Far above all of our trials and situations and circumstance and trouble. In other words, why am I so discouraged when he's above all of this? Why am I so downcast when he's greater than any of it? It's all under his feet. It's all under his feet. Amen? And so as we begin this prayer journey, I have to stop right here. As we begin this prayer journey, let's start with thanksgiving. Let's push our feelings aside. And let's find the attributes and the characteristics of God and begin to focus on those things. I don't have time to talk to you about, just, just do this, okay? Just Google um, praying the names of God. Praying the names of God. Um, in the Old Testament, there are different compound names that God gave himself. For instance, when he revealed himself to, go ahead and play and I'll shut up. When, when, he, when he revealed himself to Abraham, he said, I am Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? The Lord who what? Provides. So why am I worried about provision when he says I've already provided? So instead of focusing on what I don't have, why don't I focus on my provider? In another place, he calls himself Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. So no matter what you're going through, God is there. He's with you. So instead of focusing on what I'm going through, why don't I focus on the one who's going with me through it? Who's going to lead me through it? Amen? So I... Someone's like, you know what? I've never played more than two minutes. Just take that. You'll spend 10 minutes in it. You'll discover in this pattern, pathway to prayer through this tabernacle, you'll discover you can get through it in 10 minutes or 10 hours. Just depends on how long you want to stay at each piece of furniture. Because we're going we're gonna to get to that brazen altar. And that's a powerful piece of furniture right there. We're going to get there. Jesus is in that brazen altar. We're going to get to that labor. We're going to talk about the power that's in that labor. We're going to get beyond the veil. And we're going to go into some places with God that's going to transform our lives this year. Do you believe that? I want you to stand with me, please. Stand with me. Thank you for allowing me to be a little bit lengthy today.